What's up, girls, guys, gays, and theys? I'm Beth. And I'm TJ. Grab your bottle of wine and put your lawyer on speed dial. Welcome to Nightmare on Girls Night, Sunday Scaries Edition. terrible that's gonna be horrible audio she's screaming into the microphone today we've had what two drinks yeah which the i'm not gonna do it as high pitch because it's gonna be yeah it's exactly thank you you're so welcome i've been practicing that my whole life have you this is your moment to shine Yeah, okay. No, I'm not going to beatbox because that's horrible for everybody. This is Sunday Scaries. This is Sunday Scaries. The first. It is. And what is Sunday Scaries? Sunday Scaries is where we bring stories and talk about the unexplained, the spooky, the horror. Yes. All things paranormal, extraterrestrial, all things not true crime. Yes, exactly. But still will make your skin crawl. Yes, because we've all felt the actual Sunday scaries where you dread your entire existence because mm-hmm. you're either hungover or worried about work the next day or a combination of them both. Mm-hmm. So why not actually throw in some scary shit? Yeah, give you a little bit more of a spook. Yeah, take your mind off the existential dread mm-hmm. and put it on some existential horror exactly right that was not planned i totally made that shit up on the spot i really loved that (laughs) you can you can give yourself some goosebumps hopefully we give you goosebumps and yeah take your mind off of monday yeah that sucks yeah or the three bottles of prosecco you had last night (sighs) or tonight Uh... anyway okay so though lost my train of thought so though yeah we (laughs) we are going to theme yes our sunday scaries exactly okay yeah we're gonna theme our sunday scaries they will be on the third weekend of every month yeah hopefully we stick to that we will you'll still get your wednesday episodes yeah but once a month you'll get a sunday scaries and the theme of today is wilderness love it spooky things that happen outside yeah in the woods in the forest (laughs) In the woods, in the forest, in the trees, in the bushes. Anywhere that does not have a roof. Perfect. Well, (laughs) shit. (laughs) What about, we're also going to include Cabin in the Woods. Ah, okay. So hers is a Cabin in the Woods story. (laughs) We're each going to bring a couple stories. Yeah. But I wanted to start by saying... Do you have any, I won't keep it as broad as saying ghost encounters because we'll have lots to talk about on future episodes, but do you have any wilderness, personal wilderness spooky stories? Personal wilderness spooky stories. Um, Just about animals. Like okay. being ca- backcountry camping and yeah. there being like an animal walking around your okay. tent. I mean, that counts because... It's scary. Did you actually see the animal? Do you know it was an animal? I do know it okay. was an animal. Okay. Well, exactly. There was like a deer hanging around and then at night you could like hear it on oh, the edge yeah, of our yeah. tent. I think it was pissed that we were there. Yeah. And you could see the footprints. Okay. But it's, I think we've talked about this in a past episode, how scary it is and how vulnerable you are yeah. when you're camping. 100%. And you, <laughs> you're in a tent with yes. no protection. Yes. It's 
terrifying to begin with. Well, and that brings me to mine because I, I don't, did I tell it on the podcast about the quad? No. Okay, so Dylan and I were camping on Crown Land mm-hmm. and we were out at a little point on a cliff. Mm-hmm. And so it was just us camping there. There wouldn't have been any reason for any, like it's not, we weren't in a passing area. Mm-hmm. So to to go out to us, you would have had had to have intentions of going out to where we were because it was a very small area on a cliff. Right. You and were like super secluded. Yeah, and it was a point. So yeah. you couldn't have passed us and continued on. Yeah. And we were sleeping and it was probably like, I don't know, 2, were 30, 3 a.m. We were tenting. Yeah. We didn't have Charlie at this time. It was yeah. just... Dylan and I, we were in our tent and we're awoken to the sound of a quad approaching and the quad approaches, stops right next to our tent. No. And you can hear the quad shut down and Dylan and I are just like staying quiet at this point, but it is within two feet of our tent and you like, you saw the headlights come up and then it stopped and we were like, okay, don't say anything. The guy or girl or it. Who knows? Stopped for probably, I want to say, like, 20 seconds, but it felt like five minutes. Yeah. Stopped for 20 seconds, started up the engine again, and and did a little Yui, and then took back off. And it's like, I have never felt so vulnerable in my life, because I'm like, we have nothing, we have bear spray in the tent, because that. But, again nothing else like this guy i thought about this i'm like this guy could have run us over Yeah, no kidding and we would have been screwed yeah but it was just wild it was so scary terrifying gives me goosebumps i know i'm like why was he there and he he literally pulled up within two feet of our tent like it's not like he rolled up to be like are these my friends and like kind of kept his distance Mm -hmm. he was close wild so weird i bet well i bet it was just somebody trying to give you the spooks for sure yeah for sure but still, dick yeah. face. Yeah, no kidding. So we're going to, we'll base our stories on a theme and we're each bringing everything from stories to legends to folklore mm-hmm. to themed anything. We're mm-hmm. not really sticking to a structure. We're just going to free talk kind yeah. of. No bounds. Yes. No, no boundaries. No boundaries. No boundaries. We keep boundaries in our real life, but none on the podcast. <laughs> That is the most true thing you've said today. And she sips her Aperol spritz. Oh, that one's Ooh, ASMR for I you guys. Just say. <laughs> so do you want to kick us off or do you want me to kick us off? Uh, I can kick us off. Sure, let's do it. Okay, so mine is kind of like folklore. Love it. Kind of like true story. Okay. But at the end, I want to talk about what you think. Perfect. What's gonna happen? Or what's gonna not, happen? Not what you think's gonna happen because it happened. Perfect. What you think <laughs> happened? <laughs> sure. Jesus you lost Christ. me, but just let's give it a go. Luster and a founder. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a Canadian story. Love it. Um, and it's the Valley of Headless Men. Oh, have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. So I came across this spooky tale while scrolling. Do you can, can you guess? Reddit. Well, TikTok. Well, I'm sorry. You got two main chicks up in here and it's Reddit and TikTok. It was a 50-50 chance. You're right. You know what? I gave you half point. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I saw it a couple weeks ago and I saved it and this is the time to talk about it. Perfect. I love it. So this takes place in the Nahani National Park Reserve. Do you know where that is? I do not. Okay. It's in Northwest Territories. Okay. 
We going north. Way north. <clears throat> it's above the 60th parallel north and part of Canada's wild territories. So do you know what the 60th parallel north is? Because I just learned no. this myself. It's like 60 degrees above the equator. Okay. So. I know 90th parallel is like a winery. Anyways. <laughs> she been drinking. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Historically, the lands around the Nahani Valley were home to the Dene peoples. Um, There's a rich history in this area and those indigenous peoples that lived on this land long ago before we were here. However, I don't have time to get into the thick of it, so I'm Mm going to leave um, the history and some resources in the show notes for people that are interested. There are tons of canyons within the park, some reaching 3,300 feet or 1,000 meters in depth, one of these being the Nahani Valley. This valley has been described as inhospitable due to rugged terrain, extreme weather, and predators. Great. Mm-hmm. It seems that these are not the only dangers that come with the territory. There have been many unexplained circumstances that have led to the disappearances, deaths, and beheadings. No. Yes. Great. Now, it's not an easy place to get to. The best routes are said to be by air, water, or a long overland journey from the village of Tungsten, which is like an old mining town. Okay. Google Maps says that it's about a three-hour walk from that old mining town to get to Nahani Valley. A walk or a hike? Uh, Probably a hike. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. I don't know what that hike look like. Hike like. I don't know what that hike look like. (laughs) Jesus. Due to its remoteness and wealth of flora and fauna, Nahani Valley was proclaimed a UNESCO World Heritage Site oh, yep. in 1978. I love how we get Southern when we mispronounce things. Why? I don't know. It's so offensive. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Right. Now, the Dene talked about the Naha people, which were said to be a warlike tribe that lived high in the mountains and descended into the lowlands to raid and kill people. The name Nahani itself uh, is Dene. From the Dene origins, it means the river of the land of the Naha people. So okay. now this is really the only proof that the Naha people were living in this area or ever existed, as it seems they just up and vanished. Some think that they stayed in the Nahani River Valley to this day, hiding in plain sight. So oh, like, crazy. One of those communities that yes. has just like kept their territory, yeah. but secretly. I love that. Most of the focus on the following deaths and disappearances within the valley were focused on the 200-mile gorge, which the Dene natives speak of an unknown evil dwelling there. In 1906, two prospectors searching for gold during the time of the gold rush tried their luck in the Nahani Valley. Their names were Willie and Frank McLeod. They were brothers. They took their canoe into the valley and were never seen alive again. Okay. In 1908, a search party discovered their skeletons at the remains of the camp, both headless. No. And their skulls nowhere to be found. That's wild. I know. Because if it was an animal, they wouldn't have just taken the heads. Exactly. Yeah. It said they were asleep when they were attacked, and the body of one of the brothers lay reaching for their gun as if in oh, defense. Oh, God. God. Now, theories circulated stating it could have been wild animals. No. But I don't think so. Nope. The Naha people... Or a feud between the two prospectors that led to their death. So okay. the brothers had a feud. But they just... But where are their heads? Well, so they're saying that the two brothers chopped each other's heads <laughs> off and hid them? Mm. That, okay. They're running sure. around with their heads chopped sure. off. Sure. In 1917, another corpse was discovered. A Swiss 
prospector yeah. named Martin Jorgensen. Again, he was decapitated and his remains were found next to his burnt down cabin. Both instances are assumed that both groups of prospectors, sorry, both groups of prospectors. <laughs> I was like, is she really redoing it? <laughs> Love it. Were murdered it. for their gold that they okay. had discovered, um, but this has never been proven. Well, and why take the head? I don't Z- know. Z- three heads now. Oh. In 1926, a woman named Annie Laferte was on a hunting trip and got lost and disappeared. An individual claimed <laughs> to have seen the woman climbing a hill while totally naked. Oh my god, naked, naked. In 1927, another body was discovered belonging to a man named Yukon Fisher. His skeletal remains were found close to those of the McCloyd brothers, the first two. Okay. In 1928, a prospector <laughs> by the name of Angus Hall um, ventured ahead of his party and was never seen again. So, like, a bunch of people just absolutely disappeared. That's wild. I find those some of the most fascinating stories mm-hmm. is, like, and I talk a little bit, well, actually, I talk a lot about that. It's the vanishing into thin air. Mm-hmm. Wild. In 1931, the body of Phil Powers was burnt in the ashes of what used to be his cabin. Okay. In 1936, two prospectors, Joe Mulholland and Bill Espie, disappeared. The only thing found was their burnt down cabin. So lots of cabins lots burning of cabins. down. Lots of cabins. In 1948, a miner from Ontario, no name found, was found dead in his sleeping bag with his head nowhere to be found. Like, right? Yeah. Up to 44 people have died or disappeared within the Nahani Valley. With this being recorded only from 1908. There's lore of tropical gardens, mythical creatures, spirits hiding in the park's hot springs, UFO sightings, unexplained plane crashes in this area. Yeah, so those are just some of the many, yeah. many deaths that have happened in that area, but none of them have been explained. Well, and I would love to know how many have the missing heads. Well, uh, that was one, two, three, four, or five people yeah. that had no heads. That doesn't make sense. Who's cutting their heads exactly. off? Where are the heads? Where are they? <laughs> I wonder... If it is the Naha people, right. if they're pissed that these people are coming are, into yeah, their territory, yeah. building cabins, yeah. taking their resources, yeah. and getting rid of them. But, and and like taking the heads as a fuck you type thing. Or like a sacrificial thing. Right. right. I don't know. Wild. Yeah. If I'm going to go though, chop my head clean off for the love of God, take you, it. You think? Make it quick. Yeah. Make it quick. Like those two brothers that were sleeping. Yeah. Like make it quick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So some of the theories that I thought of were the evil that's said to be stuck in haunting the area as described by the Dene locals as they avoid avoid that area. Yeah. Uh, Greed from the gold rush. But again. But again. Why missing heads? Yeah. Unless Uh, it's a trademark. Maybe. Like a serial killer trademark? Yeah. But it's also like. If it's a trademark, why not all of the deaths? Yeah, you're right. Um, and the other one was just harsh environment, lack of resources, lots uh, of caves harsh in the area. Doesn't remove it. Just those people that went missing. Yes, yes, for sure. Could have been. For sure. Yeah. The heads are weird. Right? The heads are really weird. Yeah. One or two, okay, probably a one-off killing. Yeah. But multiple, 
odd. Weird, right? I, l- I was going to say love it, but I feel like that's offensive. I'm just going to say I love a good spook. Yeah. It's... And a mystery. Mm-hmm. And it's like so Norse. Yeah. That, like, I feel like you don't hear about that often. Yeah, I mean, what happens up north? I don't know. I mean, we're north. We're not that north. Yeah. At north as in Canada. Yeah. I'm not going to give away our location. <laughs> so my first story is from a search and rescue officer from the U.S. Forest Service. Mm-hmm. He posted this story, but he had actually interviewed his co-worker. Mm-hmm. Um, and his co-worker was a vet who's been an, a search and rescue officer for about 15 years. She specializes in high elevation mountain rescues and is wildly considered, widely considered one of the best in her field. Uh, He does keep all the locations of the search and rescue cases anonymous, likely because it's confidential information because Mm -hmm. it's government-based, but most of his cases are in state or national parks. So this was a case that got a lot of attention in the media. A family had been out berry picking in an area of the forest very close to the entrance of the park. They had two little boys, both under the age of five, and at some point during the day, one of them had vanished. There was a massive search, but they didn't find anything. It's another of those cases where it's like the kid was just never there in the first place because there was no trace. The dogs would just sit down and didn't pick up anything. No trace, no scent of the kid was ever found. The search continued on for about two months, but eventually it was called off. Fast forward six months later, the family comes back to place flowers at a memorial that was set up there for the kid. They bring their other son, and while they were placing the flowers, they lose sight of the kid for honestly only about three seconds, and in that span of time, he vanished into thin air. No. Both kids now. Both kids. Now, obviously, the parents are beyond devastated. It's awful enough to lose one child, but to lose two is beyond The search was huge, and it was one of the largest in that certain state's history. There are about 300 volunteers combing every inch of the park looking for the kid, but again, there was no trace of him. The search goes on for about a week, with people looking miles from the part of the park he vanished from, and then, almost two weeks later, a volunteer almost 15 miles from the designated search area radios in that he found the kid. Oh my god. They assume that the kid was dead, but the volunteer says, no, he's alive and he's actually in good shape. What? So the woman or person who is telling the story, her initials are KD, so I'm going to refer to her as that or him. KD, no, it's a her. KD (laughs) and her team go out to recover the kid and when they get there, she can't believe that this is the kid that's been missing. His clothes are clean, there's no dirt on him anywhere, and he doesn't appear traumatized. The volunteer says he's found the kid sitting on a log, playing with a little twig bundle that's bound together with some old rope. KD asks him where he's been, who he was with for those two weeks, and the kid tells her that he's been with the fuzzy man. Uh, Yeah. Ew, I have goosebumps. Now, KD firmly believes in Bigfoot, so she gets all excited and asks, what does he mean by fuzzy? Was he hairy? But the kid says no, he wasn't hairy. He was a fuzzy man and describes this man as blurry. Like when you close your eyes, but not all the way closed. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. He says the man came out of the trees and took the kid with him deep into the woods. The kid says he slept in a hollow tree and the fuzzy man gave him berries to eat. Katie asks if the man was mean and if he scared the kid. And the kid says, no, he wasn't scary. But I didn't like that he didn't have any eyes. Oh my god. Katie says they get the kid back to headquarters and a cop takes him into town to talk to him more about what happened. 
She's friends with the cop that talked to him, and she said the kid described being kept in this tree by the fuzzy man and given berries whenever he was hungry. He was allowed to wander around a very specific clearing, but when he tried to go further, the fuzzy man would get mad and yell real loud, even though he didn't have a mouth. When the kid got scared at night, the fuzzy man made it go brighter and gave him the twig bundle. He said the fuzzy man was going to keep him, but he had to let him go because the kid wasn't the right kind. Oh my god, what does that mean? I know. He either can't or won't elaborate more on that. The cops are just short of left scratching their heads and the search for his brother is renewed with no results. Mm. The kid had no idea where his brother might be and they never did find him. They never found the kid? The brother. The brother? The fuzzy man? No eyes, no mouth? Like, because I can picture it perfectly in my brain of what he's saying when he says fuzzy man. And I hate it. Almost when the VCR runs out and you get like the fuzzy screen. And it's all distorted. The VCR was so old. I know. (laughs) But also it's like, you know, when you picture Slender Man with no eyes and no mouth and it's kind of like glitchy. I hate it. Oh my God. But the fact that the kid said he wasn't scared, which is wild. But also shit like that because yes, kids have a wild imagination. They do. But there's no way that kid returned perfectly intact. Not like two weeks without food. Okay, starving. Yeah. And... He looked perfectly fine. So yeah, I'm like, they say something what? was taking care you of you. You can last three days without water, three weeks without food. Yeah. I think that's something what it is. Like that, so yeah. you would have been having water. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's so yeah. scary. There's a lot of those stories where kids will go missing in the woods. Like there was one I remember hearing about, and I can't remember where I heard it or even the specific case, but it was a young girl went missing and she was eventually found in the woods And she said that another, I think another little girl had led her to a a hunting path or something to be found. Mm -hmm. But anyways, was saying like she was being taken care of by another little girl or something. Ooh. Crazy. That's my story. I like that. Thank you. And we definitely looked at the same Reddit source. Apparently. Yes. Are we shocked? No. I found that subreddit when we lived in our other town. Okay. And I was home alone. No. And there's like, I don't know, like seven or oh. ten. Mm-hmm. Like. Parts to it? Yeah, yes. exactly. Thank I you. Know. I could not find the word. I kept, I kept, and I was just, yeah. Digging and digging yes. and digging. It was and in a hole. because we lived in yeah. the forest. Yeah. Every time I looked outside, I was like, I'm not safe. I can't leave no. my house. Yeah. So, anyways. This comes from the username Search and Rescue Woods. Yeah, same. Same one as yours. Um, and it was found on the subreddit No Sleep. If you read some oh, of the stories on No wild. Sleep, people have an, an insane yeah. imagination. It's wild. Um, this is from about eight years ago. You already gave all the background yeah. on KD. Yes. But this is another one of their stories. I'm going to read it verbatim okay. from their post. The last story that Katie told me was something was of something that happened to her when she got separated from her training group when she was a rookie. They were learning the basics of high elevation belaying on a well-mapped side of the mountain. She had to use the bathroom, so she went off. She went off about 50 yards from the group during a... Me- uh, I almost said a mental break, but... Wow. Well, um, I meant a meal break. Yeah. And did her business. Ew. I know. <laughs> I don't know why that's grosser than like 
sit. Yeah, anyways. I'll tell the rest exactly as she told it to me. So I go take a piss and I hate I hate that, that word too. I hate that. I hate that word. And once I'm done, I start going back to the group. But I've only gotten about five feet when I realize that I have no idea where I am. And this wasn't a, oh, I got turned around lost. I mean, I literally had no fucking clue where I was. If you'd asked me, I don't think that I'd have been able to tell you what state you were in. Jesus. It was sort of how I imagine people with amnesia feel, you know? That's horrifying. I know. You're completely lost and you have no idea what to do. So I stood there for a while, just trying to figure out what the where the fuck I was and what I was supposed to do. But the longer I stand there, the more confused and turned around I get. So I started walking. I feel like that's the worst thing yeah. that you can do yeah. when you're lost. As I recall, I just picked a random direction and went for it. And no, as I'm that's walking, that's the worst thing you can do. Exactly. It's just getting worse and worse to the point where I have no concept of why I'm on the mountain in the first place. I'm just trudging through the snow, and then I start hearing this voice. It's kind of inside my head almost, like if a frog could talk all low and croaky. And it's telling me over and over, it's okay, it's okay, you just need to find something to eat. Find something to eat and you'll be okay. Just keep walking and find something to eat. Eat, eat. So I start looking around for anything that I can eat, and I swear to God, I've never felt that hungry in my whole life. It was bottomless, and I think I'd have eaten just about anything you put in front of me right then. I had no concept of of time, so I had no idea how long I'd been out there when I hear an actual voice coming towards me. I go toward it and see one of the other SARS search and rescues, and he looks fucking terrified. He's running towards me, asking if I'm okay and what the hell I'm doing out here. And the scary thing was, as he's running towards me, I kind of see myself reaching into my belt for my hunting knife. Could you imagine how terrified he was? No. I'm not even thinking about, I'm not even really thinking about what I'm doing, but what I'm thinking is I have to eat. Yeah. If I don't eat, I'll never be okay again, so I just have to eat. He sees me doing that and backs off right away. He yells at me to put my knife away and that he's not going to hurt me, and that kind of snaps me back. All of a sudden, I know exactly where I am, and I put the knife away. I run to him and ask how long I've been gone, thinking he'll tell me I've been gone for half an hour or so. He tells me I've been gone for two fucking days. What? Yeah. Two (laughs) days. I've gone over... No. I've gone over two peaks... And ended up almost on the other side of the mountain. Okay, I didn't read this story when I was going through. That's wild. And if I'd kept going, I would have ended up wandering into about 300 miles of of wilderness. They'd never have found me. Immediately in my mind, I would instantly go to, what the fuck have I been doing for two days? Exactly. Because I only remember the last 30 seconds. For two days. And where have I been? He can't believe I'm not dead. And of course, I don't know what the fuck to think. To me, no time has passed at all. I don't say anything. I just go back with him to a rendezvous point. And I'm taken back to HQ to be airlifted to the hospital. wild. When I get there, they do all kinds of tests and try to figure out what happened. As best they can guess, I had some sort of weird fugue state which is kind of like amnesia or a weird seizure that knocked my brain out of whack. But the truth is they really don't know. That's crazy. It's never happened again, but I'll tell you, ever since then, I never go out there alone. 
people rag on me for making them come with me when I have to leave the group, but I, I just tell them that listening to me piss in the snow is better than losing yeah. me for two fucking days on a freezing mountain. And that would plague me for the rest of my life, Ow. not knowing what I did for two days. Oh. Sorry, I kicked the microphone. <laughs> that was the most spooky story. I hate that. Because it makes you think of... I've heard stories before yep. of people like stepping into this like weird zone yes in like the a earth. vortex of exactly some sort, yes where you just like don't know what's going yes. on have no sense of time yeah or time moves differently uh-huh 100 percent believe in those types of areas maybe we'll do that on one of the sunday scary episodes it's area 51 Hundred percent. Yeah, let's do it. No, but not Area no. Fifty One. Well, the you, Bermuda Triangle. I was gonna say that you have the Bermuda Triangle, and then there's a few other triangles. But I that would drive me crazy for uh-huh. the rest of my life. Like, what did I do for two days? I know. I hate that. If you want to read any more of this person's stories, we'll put the the link to their yeah. Reddit in the show notes because they're crazy. They are crazy. I was in a rabbit hole. I know. Did yeah. you read the ones about the stairs? Yes. And I hated every second because did you ever go to the stairs? I don't know why I drag stairs. Stairs. In Banff on the way to Minnewanka. No. There's like the stairs that go up and it's it's just the the foundation. Uh-uh. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. It's just a set of stairs and then an empty foundation. I think it used to be a church maybe. Oh. Hated it. Anyways. Yeah. I won't be going up any stairs now. No. Not after reading that. Okay, so I'm going to move on to my second story. Let me just flip some pages here. <laughs> um, so this one is Cabin in the Woods. So it's still wilderness. Like the movie? I hate that movie. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. Okay, we should watch it. We've gotten off the train in terms of our documentaries and our scary movies. We should yeah, get back on it. It usually was just like a Halloween thing. But yeah. It could be an all year I... thing. Uh, okay, we'll talk about this on a different um, Sunday Scaries because I got also into a hole of like feral people living in the woods. What? And that's what The Hills Have Eyes was ah. based on. And I know you've seen Hills uh-huh. Have Eyes. It also traumatized my husband. He's <laughs> never been the same since he's watched it. I think it took a piece of his soul when he watched it. But yeah. anyways, I got into this hole of feral people living in the woods. So anyways, I'll talk about that on a different Okay. Sunday scaries, but this one, I digress, is about Cabin in the Woods. So it says, I'll start off by saying that whenever, so this is another Reddit story that I found. Okay. Um, And it was read by a gentleman who his dad had just passed away. So it says, I'll start off by saying that whenever I was was scared as a kid, my dad had always told me that in life you should not be scared of ghosts, but fear the living because they can actually hurt you. Yes. And I love that. I know. When I first read that line, I was like, that is so true. Gives you the but, titles. But, but what about then, poltergeists? I was going to say, but then I was like, what about the diamonds? <laughs> so I feel like we should have a Sunday Scaries themed about demons. Diamonds. Diamonds. So... In my late teenage years, I came into some money after my father committed suicide and I received an inheritance from him. That's so sad. At the time of my dad's passing, he and my mom owned a cabin up in Oregon, or Oregon, depending who you are, by Mount Bachelor. What do you say? Oregon? Yeah. Oregon. We're we're Canadian, so. Yeah. The cabin had been put up for sale since my mom could no longer afford the payments and renting it out was not covering the payments either. 
The cabin was set to go on the market for sale in less than a month, and I was in the and was in the process of finalizing all the paperwork with the realtor and lawyer. So for that month's time, the cabin was not going to be rented out any longer and was going to be vacant. I saw this as a chance to get away for a while and clear my head in light of all the things going on. I quit work, packed up my snowboarding gear, grabbed my dog, and headed up in my dad's car. Fun. I know. Not quite. My first two days at the cabin were normal and nothing out of the un- nothing out of the usual happened. Spent my days playing with my dog in the snow out in the wilderness, snowboarding, and in the evenings playing PlayStation or listening to music, drinking, and smoking out on the balcony. I had already stocked up on food, cigarettes, and liquor, so I was pretty much shut inside from the occasional out outing to hit the slopes. With my dog as company and DVDs slash PlayStation as entertainment, I was quite content and started to feel relaxed after all the drama that had preceded my outing. The cabin itself was two stories. Bottom story had the living room and a side guest bedroom along with small kitchen. Upstairs had another two rooms along with a walkout balcony attached to the master bedroom. Most of my time there was spent either in the living room, kitchen, or a master bedroom, and I never ventured into the other rooms and always kept the doors leading into them shut. That sounds beautiful. Right? Mm -hmm. But he says open doors to dark rooms always creep me out, which, same. Yes. (laughs) Anyhow, the third day came around, and I was going through my usual routine, routine of playing with my dog. His name was Midnight, by the way, and he has also since passed. R.I.P. to the dog and the dad. That day, it was pretty heavy snowfall, so I did not feel like trekking down the hill to the main road in my car and decide to stay in. That's when things started getting a bit weird. In our area, there were only two other cabins adjacent to ours, maybe a block away. All other cabins, aside from these two, were around a mile away from ours. Super rural. Yes, remote. Mm -hmm. Surrounding us was mostly forest and very tall pine trees. This is important later on. Both these cabins were empty, and from the past couple of days, I knew that no one was currently staying there. Around midday, while outside with my dog, I noticed what looked like footprints in the snow around the area surrounding our cabin. It was still snowing, so the footprints looked semi-fresh like someone had been there in the last 20 to 30 minutes before me. I thought that maybe someone was staying in the cabin near me that I may not have noticed. Maybe they were shut-ins like me. All right, whatever. The prints led away from my cabin, and they disappeared in the snow towards a denser part of the trees. I disregarded the footprints and went back inside, which, like, fuck no. No, no, no. I'd be like, "Mm mm-mm, you're going into the trees? Yeah. Not a goddamn chance. No. Nighttime came around, and and I decided to head to bed. My dog, Midnight, was laying on the bed with me when I noticed his ears perk up to a standstill slash listening position, which I've seen Mm. that with Charlie before, and I'm like, go the fuck back to sleep because you're (laughs) freaking me out. This was followed by him quickly jumping up off the bed and running downstairs to the living room. Oh my god. I laid in bed and stayed silent, and I could hear him moving around downstairs back and forth. After five minutes, he ran back upstairs to me and started doing his little doggy dance for the sign that he needed to pee. Mm. Shit. Well, fine. I can't say no to him, so we both go downstairs to the driveway for him to do his thing. Only, he didn't want to pee. As soon as we were outside, he started to pull on his leash, trying to drag me to where he wanted to go, which was deep into the trees. He kept looking into the dense part of the trees where the pr- footprints w- had been earlier. But he also kept sniffing the side of the house and looking up towards the roof. After he figured out that I was not going to go where he wanted, he sat himself down and just stared into the deep darkness of the forest, which was a bit unusual for him. Mm. But all right, maybe there were forest animals out there that he wanted to chase down. Sure. <laughs> but fuck this. I didn't want to chance anything, so I pulled him back inside, and we both headed back upstairs. 
Around a half an hour later, I was lying in bed when I heard what sounded like hooves walking on my roof. Hooves? Hooves? Santa? It was only a series of around six steps, and I rationalized that it could be a pine cone falling from a tree onto the roof, or maybe a kind-hearted forest animal running around. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. The steps seemed to be spaced apart like a man-length stride. So it was really freaking me out. Midnight also heard the noise and was quick to run to the balcony screen door expecting for me to let him out. All right, you know what? I'm a tough guy and at the time considered myself to be fairly well built and strong enough to handle myself. So I grabbed my coat and shoes along with my cigarettes and flashlight and went out to the balcony. Fuck it, right? As soon as I was outside, I lit up my cigarette and started canvassing the roof with my light. Nothing there and the snow on top was undisturbed. Weird. Must have been all in my head. But Midnight also heard the noise. Maybe he was feeding off my fear and paranoia. Fear and paranoia. My eyes started to adjust to the darkness and I kept smoking and just staring at the stars and trees next to our cabin. But that's when I saw it. In a massive tree that was taller than our cabin and around 20 feet from the balcony, I saw a man crouched in a squatting position in between two branches. It was squatted on one branch and its arms were extended above its head, holding onto the branch above it. Fuck me. What the fuck is that? I wasn't sure if I was really seeing this thing and stood just staring and sat there motionless. I noticed Midnight stand up and started pacing behind me and lightly barking at the same time. He was scared. The thing did not move. I put my cigarette out and was debating on shining the light in the thing's direction, but something in my mind kept screaming not to. I didn't want to give it attention. I walked backwards to the inside of the room and pulled Midnight with me. Once inside, I locked the door and shined the light in the thing's direction, but there was nothing there anymore. I shut the curtains to the screen door and retreated back to bed. But later on in the night, I heard a light tapping at the screen door. Like someone was tapping on the glass with their fingers. No, 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 no. It was consistent, and it did not stop for an hour. An hour. Midnight seemed to stare at the door, but he would not go near it. The weirdest part was that I had a feeling like someone was inviting me to open the door. But at the same time, I kept hearing my dad's voice in my head telling me to stay in bed and not to do it. I listened to my dad's voice and just stayed where I was. I passed out eventually and woke up in the morning and I immediately went home. Everything was normal. Oh my god. I have full body goosebumps. I hate it. That's terrifying. Because you can perfectly picture... The guy crouched between. He's, he he yeah. sets the scene yes. so well. Yeah. And I could visualize it I like know. I was there. I know. That could be a thriller book. I know. That is terrifying. Yeah. I'm glad that his dad was there with him yeah. to tell him not to go to the door. Well, and it's like, we will do an episode on the Black Eyed Children, but it's like the Black Eyed Children where they need to be invited in. <sighs> And they're always asking, like, I, I need to go to the bathroom or I'm lost. Please help me. Can I just use your mm-hmm. phone? And if you don't invite them in, you're fine. But the second you invite them in, they kill you. Game over. Anyways, but that's it. It's like when he was like, it felt like they were in, like asking me to invite. I was like, no, don't do it. <laughs> don't answer do the door. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, that was so spooky. I know. Oh. Well, that was Sunday Scaries. Yeah, we hope we made your Sunday a little scarier. Yeah, I hope you got goosebumps like I did because that was spooky. I love some spooky shit. Let me know. Let me know. Let us know. Sure. 
let us know if you have a theme that you want us to do. Or spooky stories. Yeah. Send them our spooky way. stories. Personal spooky stories. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll continue to bring a theme with us and talk about all things scary shit. Like we do on... I mean, we'll talk about scary shit on our regular daytime programming. Daytime programming. But we usually keep it to true crime. We do. So watch for our next true crime next... This coming Wednesday. Yeah, our regularly scheduled episode. All right, we should shut this shit down right, before we keep going. All right, all right, all right. Remember, all good stories start with a girl's night. But not everyone makes it to brunch. Right, right, right.